Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Welcome over to the Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Let's get... We don't have a lot of time tonight. Let's get straight to the urgent breaking news everyone's talking about. Queen Elizabeth died six days ago. (laughs) She meant a lot to a lot of people, and much of the world is still grieving. Today, the Queen's casket arrived at Westminster, where she will lie in state till next Monday. People are already lining up for kilometers to give their respects. That's why it's always worth it to spring for the fast pass, okay? (laughs) Trust me, you can hit up Space Mountain... You hit up Space Mountain (laughs) while you wait to pay your tribute. Elizabeth II was the longest-reigning monarch in British history, providing comfort to Britons for over 70 years. She helped the country weather several financial crises, joining and leaving the European Union, and, of course, Ed Sheeran's reign of terror. (laughs) (laughs) Folksy. His folksy reign of terror. Much of the UK is in mourning, and stateside, we're handling things in our own way. We will have complete coverage all morning long on the Today Show, and we'll be looking for you then. But, Maria, tonight, it's all about the NFL kickoff on our plaza. Check this out. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Right? Right? (sighs) Into the canyon. Might seem like a bit of a jarring transition, but when you think about it, the NFL is a lot like the monarchy. They both take forever. They both have a lot of weird rules, and there's a surprising amount of tacky jewelry. (laughs) Now, when... When a monarch dies, there's a ton of official protocol. Some of it's pretty weird, like how the royal beekeeper had to inform the queen's bees (laughs) that the queen had died. Okay, is Britain real? (laughs) Or is it just like a wet Narnia with knife crime? (laughs) The beekeeper must inform the bees, Lord Wiggabottom shall send a raven to the Loch Ness Monster, and I shall email Dumbledore. (laughs) Slip into Voldemort's DMs. Slip into his DMs. Plus, now that Britain is ruled by King Charles III, will have to replace her face on their stamps and on their cash. So, for all of our UK viewers, I'm sorry to say, all of your money with Queen Elizabeth's face on it is now worthless. (laughs) Okay? It's gone. But I got your back. Just send me two of your old worthless Lizzie bills, and I'll send you back a shiny uh, Chuck Buck. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) New. Nothing like a new bill. Consumer brands will also have to update their labels. During her reign, Queen Elizabeth gave many products a warrant to display the royal coat of arms as a sort of endorsement of quality. For instance, Heinz ketchup and Gordon's gin. But now, after her passing, they may have to reapply. Same thing happens here in America. That's why every 48 years, we all get new products from President's Choice. (laughs) The new king and queen, President's Choice. (laughs) Off-brand seltzer. 
off-brand seltzer. The new king and queen are already hard at work, sitting on what I believe are the official thrones of Great Britain, either that or they're the new judges on The Voice. <laughs> Jackson. Mm. Mm. Jackson, I thought you did a wonderful job singing Nicki Minaj's Super Freaky Girl. We are amused. He's mine, Blake Shelton. You can suck it. Footman, swivel me. <laughs> Too far. Too far. <laughs> of course, Chucky don't king for free. He's immediately taking over his late mother's financial portfolio, which is worth billions. And while British citizens normally pay around 40% inheritance tax, King Charles gets his inheritance tax-free. He's supposed to be... Exactly. Imagine how the English feel. <laughs> He's supposed to be the ultimate public servant, and he doesn't pay taxes? That is gonna cost him some votes. What? <laughs> You're kidding. That's insane. <laughs> Charles is still learning the royal ropes. Yesterday, he went viral when he had a little trouble signing a guest book at a ceremony in Northern Ireland. I just had a book. Is it September 12th? 13th, sir. Oh, God, in the wrong date. 13th. Oh, God, I hate it. I think think it might be time to might time to update the old British saying, keep calm and oh god, I can't bear this bloody thing. Anyway, good luck to the new king. There's good news. <laughs> There's good news from Ukraine. It's still Ukraine. Because over the last week, their armed forces reclaimed crucial areas. Their armed forces over the last week uh, reclaimed crucial areas in a fierce counterattack that could signal a turning point in the war. It is such a disaster for the Russians. Putin has lowered his nipples to half-mast. <laughs> According to President Zelensky, Ukraine has retaken around 2,400 square miles of territory this month, roughly the size of Delaware. And you know, you know you're in a pointless war when what you're fighting over can be compared to Delaware. <laughs> One reason... I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> One reason Ukraine got back so much territory is that Russian troops fled like Olympic sprinters. <laughs> and since they're Russian, you know they were jacked on steroids. <laughs> Pew! Pew! <laughs> Take a look at this Russian tank fleeing from battle. Here's the tank running away. There's some Russian soldiers jumping off. And finally... Whammo! <laughs> right into the tree. That tank is gonna need a tow. <laughs> I think they're gonna have to call triple. Ah! <laughs> I'm sure everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. In fact, last week, Zelensky's forces launched a counteroffensive so successful 
But some are saying it shatters Russia's reputation as a military superpower. But don't you worry. Wow. Wow. Don't you worry, Russia. You'll always have your reputation as an endless wasteland littered with clinically depressed root vegetables. <laughs> military experts say Russian troops suffer from low morale, or as the Kremlin calls it, special military sadness. <laughs> there are also some setbacks for Putin's allies, including former U.S. President Chunk Norris. <laughs> the Justice Department's investigation into the ex-president's plot to use fake electors has kicked up a notch. Last week, over 30 associates of the ex-president were subpoenaed by a grand jury, including... <laughs> including... <laughs> including former senior advisor and groggy early-morning penis, Stephen Miller. <laughs> Miller, among others, was ordered to provide any communication between themselves and Rudy Giuliani. They even subpoenaed Rudy's outgoing voicemail message. You've reached Rudy Giuliani. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm passed out under a pile of coats. If you're returning a butt dial, please call my ass directly. Beep! Crap. I like that he says his own beep. Beep! Perhaps the juiciest subpoena of all is the one delivered to my pillow CEO and mentalist trying to read his own mind. <laughs> Mike Lindell. Yesterday, Lindell said this on social media. Today, the FBI, uh, you're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's. Yes. <laughs> they surrounded him, surrounded him at a Hardee's. In fact, this is true, he was in the drive-thru. Uh, welcome to Hardee's. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you can say will be used against you in a court of law, but you have the right to an attorney, and you can pick him up at the window. Please pull around. <laughs> Later on, Lindell somehow got booked on Lindell TV to complain about one FBI agent in particular. Then he goes, um, well, I got, I got some bad news. And I go, okay, here it comes, right? He goes, uh, we're taking your cell phone. We have a warrant for your cell phone. I go, no, I said my whole company. I run five companies off that. He runs everything off of his cell phone? <laughs> Is he selling pillows or meth? Listening to him talk, it's hard to tell. In every appearance, Lindell emphasized that he really needs his phone. It's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do up that phone, everything was on there. That's not a great defense, Mike. <laughs> Officer, you can't take my car. How will I get all these bodies to the river? <laughs> There's also a chance that the... <laughs> bodies to the river! A little upsetting. There's also a chance the fascist, curious folks in Congress could be swept up in this, because the DOJ is also seeking information about any members of the legislative branch who may have tried to obstruct, influence, impede, or delay the certification of the presidential election. And I'm... Is this true? I'm told we have footage of Josh Hawley's reaction when he heard the news. <laughs> run, Josh, run! 
We got a great show for tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Always fun. I lo- I'm grateful to all the guests who come on, and, and, and oftentimes are friends. Uh, few people are as good or as old a friend as tonight's guest. Steve Carell is here oh. this evening. <laughs> Amazingly talented. Always hilarious. Amazingly talented. Uh, you know, this is this is this is a crime that needs to be addressed at some point in American history. Uh, Steve Carell, for his work in The Office, never received an Emmy award. Oh wow, really? No, all those years, the never whole run. An Emmy no, award, you wow. know. Makes it seem like Emmy Awards aren't that important. I mean, kind of makes it seem like they're not that important. Not saying, just not saying, just saying. Yeah. Win or lose, it's a really great job, and and one of the best things about this job is that I get to meet so many talented and accomplished actors, legends of stage and screen. And as exciting as it is to interview them right over here, I always kind of wish I could act with them. Of course, there isn't enough time in the show to stage an entire dramatic production, but it did occur to me recently that there is enough time to perform one scene from a brand-new theatrical drama if we awkwardly cram all of the backstory into the dialogue. So we're going to do just that <laughs> right now. This is The Late Show's Too Much Exposition Theater. Regard me. Angelo be my name, and yet today I am the very picture of woe. For my love, the Lady Isabella hath ceased her life breathings. By supping upon a feast of poison, she, mistakenly thinking I was dead, chose to make herself actually dead, and I, wishing to join her in said death, also drank of the poison, only to find out it was indeed a very rare and delicious bottle of Chianti. (laughs) Now have I not only lost my love, but gained a taste for expensive wine. Why? Why does God curse me so? Hark! Someone knocking upon the chamber door of my estate here in Venice, Italy, where I reside with my manservant, Rodrigo, who was away for the weekend. So, I must respond to the knocking. Who thumps upon my door? Benvolion, he who has sworn hatred for thee since the very cradle, 
due to our fathers being rival Venetian gondoliers who continued to one-up each other by building longer and longer oars until the absurd lengths drove them both mad. Benvolion! The very same! He was sworn hatred for the since the very cradle due to our fathers being rival. You just you said that whole part before. Yes, yes. <laughs> but there are some words not yet spoken. It was I who told Lady Isabella that you were in death's cold embrace. But why, Benvolion? Why this deceit? For that always stood betwixt us. Betwixt whom? Clarify yourself, man. Betwixt me and the Lady Isabella. Betwixt means between. I know that. For you see, I loved her too. So you whispered in her ear that I had entered Death's house so that she would also rent a room there? Yes, but only after my first plan failed. What? Shed light on your mouth sounds by making further words to be received in the porches of mine ears. Come, let my lobes feast. <laughs> Two summers in the past, as we now speak, I sought to understand how you could charm a lady such as Isabella only by witnessing your courtship firsthand, and from her perspective could I learn the sorcery of your seduction. <laughs> I arranged for the Lady Isabella to be shipped away to Sardinia, but not before I studied her mannerisms and gained access to her wardrobe so that I could become her and see you through her eyes. I spent an entire summer in your embrace, and no idea had you. Two, did you say two summers past? Twas the summer I vowed to uncover thy family secrets by going in disguise as a chambermaid, placing myself in the service of your uncle so I could transcribe the words he spoke in his sleep. But if you were a chambermaid, then who was you? I dressed a donkey in my image and sent it to court <laughs> in my stead. Then you have made an ass of me by making an ass of yourself. But you shall not be asset long, for I shall send your ass across the river Styx where you'll be greeted by death himself, and he'll recognize you because you'll be the dead guy. Nay! <laughs> it is death who shall be your bride at the chapel of death, with death as the only witness. Death! Ah! Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
for worms. It is true. <laughs> but it was you or me, since surely you came here to take my life and transform it, but to a death. Oh, what? No, actually. What I, have you in your pocket? I just wanted to come by and return this roll of Scottish tape. <laughs> The Scottish tape! The Scottish tape! <laughs> that I borrowed from you last year! Oh! Oh, oh no! Oh, fire on a fool! Oh, oh gosh! You have cut Thanks. me to the quick! I totally forgot about that. Sorry about the whole stabby thing. Oh, that's all good. But with my final breath, I have one last request. What? Anything. Please promote my Hulu series. <laughs> you have my bell. Check out Steve Carell and the patient on Hulu. We shall return with Steve Carell. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is an actor you know from the 40-year-old virgin, The Morning Show, and The Office. He now stars in The Patient. Are you still out there? I'm here. Who was that? Was that his mother? Do you, do you know these people? I'm his therapist. The guy who has us down here. That was his mother, yes. Who is this guy? Uh, I think I may be able to stop him from killing us. I'm working on it. It's not easy. I don't understand. He's not going to kill you, right? If, if if you're his therapist? Well, he doesn't seem to fully respect the patient-doctor relationship. Please welcome back to The Late Show, my old friend and yours, Steve Carell. <laughs> Look at that. Look what we got. We got Steve Carell. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well, actually. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, too. Good. Strange to see you. It's always a little strange to see you here at the desk. How so? Well, because you're... <laughs> you're these people, you're Steve Carell. You're just Steve. <laughs> you're just yeah. one of the... You, and you're also... Also, you're such an accomplished actor. No, that's no, not you, it. You are. That's not what makes no, it weird. No, no. <laughs> the accomplished actor is... What's weird is... What's weird is that I know you to just be one of the... Just the silliest people I know. Well, you too. Well, sure. Sure. I know. That's why I enjoyed that so much. (laughs) Because all we did for, I don't know, how long do we know each other, like, comedically? Like, a decade? All we wanted to do was the dumbest thing we could. We have known each other comedically longer than I've been married. Wow. It's over 30 years. Sure. Right. I'm only married 29 years. Same thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is quite a love affair we've got going here. (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of uh, the March of Time, happy birthday. Thanks. I just... 
for bringing it up. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm happy to. I'm happy. I bring it up just because I think it was like, oh, we're basically the same age, right? Yeah. We're basically okay, the you're same basically the same age, but you're 60 now. Yeah, I am. You're 60. I am. Yep. And I don't want to brag, but I'm in my mid 50s. Really? 58. That's somewhere in the middle. That's. That's 58. That's late mid. That's late mid, exactly. But it's not yeah. sick. Did you need supplemental oxygen to come out here or a anything little bit. like that? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I'm doing kind of fine. Break? I'm sure. I do have a, a hip, though. You know that. Did you replace your hip? Years ago. Yeah. No. It is fantastic. Of the, because of the hockey? Yeah. Oh. The doctor came in about five minutes before I was going under and said, what sort of material do you want your hip to be? And I was like, shouldn't we have talked about this before? <laughs> and, uh... What are the options? Oh, well, porcelain, no. Um, Maybe? No. Um, ceramic? That's what I got. I got ceramic. Oh. Because he said, you know, up until that point, most durable. Yep. Um, but he said, also has a tendency to squeak. So I was like, do you want durability? <laughs> do you want durability? Can you not be a spy now? Because you're like... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know what? We're going to take a little bit of a break right here, pay some bills. Mr. Steve Carell will be here when you get back. Don't go away. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. There he is in the flesh. Maestro. Okay, uh, everybody's excited that you're going to be getting together with your friend John Krasinski for a new movie called Imaginary Friends that John has written and is directing. Yeah. Have you started yet? Yes. You've started? I have started. Now, last time you... How long ago since you guys are working together? Oh, I mean, since the end of The Office. So last time you saw him, he didn't he didn't have a beard and wasn't jacked the way no. he is now. No, no. Is no. it different? Completely different Because he was kind of like, you know, kind of like, uh... But he's the same guy. He's exactly the same guy. Sure. And he's such a great director. Like, he really fantastic. is. Yeah, he really is a fantastic yeah. director. He directed he directed you in The Office, and mm -hmm. you directed The Office. A few of them, uh, yeah. Of the two or three times. Yeah. What's that... A, what's it like to be directed by another ensemble member, and what's it like to, to put that hat on yourself? I don't have a lot of context. On The Office, it was so easy because we were all super good friends, and... Mm -hmm. We were all supporting each other, right. and we all wanted each other to succeed. So that part of it, I mean, when some, when one of the cast or one of the writers became a director, everyone was totally behind them. And so it was, it was kind of easy. And everybody knew their characters so well, and you could only shoot in that small space, so there weren't a lot of options in terms of setting up a shot. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was kind of simple. Not a lot of flying jibs <laughs> no, or anything no, like that. No, mm -hmm. um, Well, you've got yet uh, a, a, another project that we just saw a clip from right there, uh, kind of funny, kind of spooky, uh, called The Patient. Right. Where uh, Donald Gleason is your patient. And yes. He is, am I giving anything away to say that he's the serial killer? You blew it. <laughs> sorry. You I'm don't sorry. find now, that no out until episode 10. <laughs> no. Yes, he is a serial killer. He yeah. abducts um, his therapist, yes. me, yeah. and chains him up in his basement, his little rec room downstairs because he wants to really get some intensive therapy going. 
Sure. Yeah, as you do. Sure. Right. Also, a very limited set to shoot on. Right. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that... Mm -hmm. Well, I was chained Is that up. what appealed to you about this? Was that you didn't mm -hmm. have to go to a lot of different locations? I didn't... Well, yes, yes. I thought, oh, that'll be easy. But I didn't think the part through that they're really... They're chaining me up to the floor. And it's a... Why did... Why did can't they just do a fake chain? I wanted a real chain because it's got a different heft to it and it's got, you know, it makes you feel a certain way when you have a real chain and a real lock. I wouldn't know. No. I... <laughs> I'm flattered, but Let's I see. would... <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it, there was, there was an actual, there was a visceral feeling to it. But are you actually locked, locked in? They had, the first day they had one key and I thought, you better make some duplicates for this thing. <laughs> Because, there's a fire? Because if there's a fire or an earthquake or something, they're out of there. Or a and lion. I'm saying, hell, man. Yeah, or, or a lion. A lion or on a lion Hollywood, any moment. Anything can happen. It's a back lot. The lion comes over from MGM. One of the first days, um, everybody went to lunch. And I was like, hey. And I was, I was last to the catering table. <laughs> they, they didn't unlock Well, you? they forgot. Like, they were... They forgot Steve Carell was chained to the bed? Well... They were hungry, so, <laughs> you know, it's okay. You're very, you're very yeah, forgiving. I mean, very forgiving. I'm, I'm over. You're I'm, over I'm, it? I'm overstating it. Okay. No, I'm not over it. I'm not over anything. I'm, I'm, re I'm 60. I'm ready for anything, Stephen. <laughs> and it's important. Yes. It's very important in Hollywood to never let a grudge go. That's what I know. Never forgive anyone for anything. That's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and shout. It's easy to hold. I'm a great grudge holder. I'm really good. Oh, yeah, I know you are. Make a little list. Sure. Mm. The, things, the things you've got on me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it writing a, a book, camera. actually. What? I'm writing a book about you. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you need a blurb or anything like that? No, no, no. You'll see. <laughs> we, we have to take a quick break, uh, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Mr. Steve Carell, everybody. With, uh, with our, uh, our friend, America's sweetheart, Steve Carell. Oh. You've got a very um, a calm demeanor. You know, you, you, can, you can play, you know, big as a performer, but you yourself are very level-headed and steady. Do you think you would be a good therapist? Um, well, I play one on television, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, That's all you gotta I do. I No, I mean, I think people... Anyone who can listen to other people immediately think they could be a good therapist, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Uh, so, because you know, you do need training and to go to school and all of that. Sure. But I, it's, a, it's fascinating. It's a, I think it's a fascinating profession. I, I, I uh, think my fear would be is that if I was a therapist, I would go, I would tell the story better. I would. <laughs> now you're, you're leading with the wrong information. Now yeah. it's not nearly as entertaining as this story. But what be. you kind of do, I mean, what you do here is, I think, a little. I, I think you'd actually be a good therapist. I would. I, I think would be, you would. I don't. I don't know if I would. Well, I mean, think about it. You're you're here. You're listening to people. You are a sounding board. You're right. making them feel good about themselves, right. even when they stink. Right. Um, and I'm a very good listener if the person is talking about me like you are right now. <laughs> then I'm like, this is a fascinating person. <laughs> this is a fascinating person. Yeah. But you also have to care about people, and I, obviously I'm dead inside. That's and true. And so, yeah. after years, I'm just faking my humanity I over here. It. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah you're a little yeah. sociopathic. I get it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, my heart doesn't go above 85 beats per minute. You played a great sociopath at Second City. Oh, you remember you and yeah. Amy had that scene in the laundromat where yeah. you talked about what it's like to strangle someone? Yeah. 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 And everyone goes, I can't believe Steve Carell was so great in uh, Foxcatcher, where you played oh, the, the crazy DuPont. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're, yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> I, remember, I remember I was at an event honoring Foxcatcher one night, and I said, I don't know why everyone's surprised. I've known he's psychotic for years. <laughs> Very dark, very no, dark. We, he comes out. There's a depth. There's a depth to our relationship. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That we both promised not to tell anyone about. That's right. Now, this is not a spoiler. Oh, my God. What's I, wrong? I, I just asked you. I was about to ask you the same question again. Oh, really? Yes. Because I jumped. I, was, I asked you a question about being chained to the bed, and I was about to go back and ask you that question again. I'll, I'll I, answer it differently. <laughs> you want to ask me? Want to do it? She was at the end here. I thought that was my getaway question, but in fact, I'd asked you that question earlier. I asked oh, you so here. you need to get out of this thing. <laughs> you need like a good cut point. Like, Wait, and they're telling me. Thank to you, everybody. It says wrap over there. Okay. It says wrap over there. So we've done all the time we want. Okay. But I thought I want to give him a chance to score before he goes. And then I looked down and said, oh, you know, not a spoiler. And then I went, oh, no, no, no. Oh, don't worry I, about me scoring. It's not going to, you know, I'm not going to say anything funny for the next, you know, 20 or 30 seconds. Episodes of The Patient are available on Hulu Tuesdays. <laughs> Steve Carell, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11:35, 10:35 Central on CBS and Paramount Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.